Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Alberto Calderon, and joining me today is our friend, Norhal. How are you doing? Hi. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking before we start a little bit. We've I've been fortunate enough to kind of have been in different live streams with you. I think mostly with the, our friends at the Geeky Waffle and their Waffles yeah. After Dark and all that fun stuff they have over there. But... And we talked on Twitter, of course, but finally you're here officially talking a little bit of Star Wars. So yeah. how's your week been? Any Star Wars stories you might have? Anything Star Wars happened to you this week before we kind of jump into our big news today? Oh, well, uh, just reading, uh, catching up with High Republic comics and uh, yeah. trying to finish Into the Dark. I'm <laughs> a little bit behind on the High Republic books, so I'm still through. I'm almost done with Into the Dark because I really want to jump into Rising Storm. No, no, no. I, I, I think a lot of a lot of details have been spoiled, but it's okay. I've, I fall behind, but yeah, yeah. so far it's so it's difficult right now with the High Republic because that's the main kind of publishing initiative out there, and if you're not caught up, it's hard to kind of not get spoiled. I know a few people, I was talking before we started about Andrew from Outer Rim Reads. Mm -hmm. He just started reading the Light of the Jedi for his show. And he's, oh. thankfully for him, he's been able to kind of keep away from main spoilers. But yeah, it's too difficult now. If you fall behind, they're already like eight books. But Into, Into the Dark, that's my favorite one so far. I mean, it's Claudia Gray. So you can't go wrong with Claudia oh, yes. Gray. And the, yeah, she's just the best. And with the way she writes Comac and Ola Jorani and everything that happens through the book, especially that second half, took me on a different journey. And so far, that's my favorite one. So I hope you're enjoying it. And Thank you. Yes, yes. No, I'm, I'm truly enjoying it. I think the High Republic is a period of time that, of course, we know what's happening, mm -hmm. what's happening later in the story of the galaxy, in the history of the galaxy. But I think we are fortunate to dwell into this period of time where we have had uh, this new characters, this plethora of new characters that are really interesting and both from the light side, mm -hmm. the, the, the Jedi, but also the Nihil. I, I mean, <sighs> Yeah, exciting. I mean, it's like you said, yeah, we know what's gonna happen 300 years or 200 years in the future, but it doesn't matter because everything that they're giving us, all the new characters, the new planets, the new situations, all the problems they're having, it's brand new. And then you give us uh, some antagonists. I know some people don't like calling them villains, but the Night Hill, Marky on Row, and all that, those are just, and you're really into the dark, you'll, you'll find some uh, some other bad guys out there. So it's great. And speaking of High Republic and great characters, so I got this. This is my Stellan Geos 3D printed lightsaber that, that I got so from. Yes, so super 3D 3D printers. There's a link down on the description of this episode. They do these uh, 3D printers. Our friend Arsu, I believe, was the first one that I knew that got one, and then I had to get mine. I love the High Republic so much. There's no official lightsabers out there yet for them. As you can see behind me, I do love my light. I always forget the camera. My lightsaber, so I had to get this hilt. There you go. It's fantastic. It's, it's really cool. We're being 3D printed. The design, the details are pretty cool. It's plastic, obviously, so it's pretty lightweight. It's a lot longer than I imagine. And it uh -huh. also came with that 
kind of display back there. So yes, and not too expensive. So anyone out there wants a High Republic or any other Star Wars lightsaber hill, go check out them. Super three D printers. I got it about three or four days, so they're shipping to the in the US is pretty pretty fast. Nice. Uh, so Norhal, again, it's your first time here officially. So we gotta, I gotta learn a little bit more about you. We know, at least I know you're a singer. You play all these instruments out there. Where did this all come from? Have you always, always been interested in music? And when did you start kind of, I guess, following that passion? Well, um, since I was little, I, I've loved singing. And obviously we have have my my I'm an engineer and I started went to school and whatever but uh singing is some one of my passions since I was little but I was just a singer I didn't knew how to play an instrument so um about yeah 11 years ago I I started like literally a friend just brings uh, the lyrics of the song with the chords and hey you can play it it's easy but it was one of those things that you th see, oh, it must be really difficult to play in an instrument and sing at the same, sure. same time, to coordinate. <laughs> but, and it took, I mean, it's uh, everything at the beginning, you have to practice, you have yeah. to learn, but it's, it has become one of my favorite, like the hobbies that I love, uh, both playing guitar and playing piano. Obviously I'm not an expert, I, I'm, I keep learning uh, day by day, but, it's one of the things that I love a lot. And yeah, it's 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 really uh, fulfilling for me. Cool. Yeah, very I I used to play trombone in my high school band 20 years ago. Um I do have a guitar and a bass. I play used to play bass a little bit, but like you said, it's practice and practice. So if you kind of leave it for years like I have, it's yeah, no, you gotta keep at it. Yeah. Um, so now moving a little bit toward Star Wars, because that's what we're here to talk about. What's your Star Wars journey? Do you remember your first time kind of watching a Star Wars movie or a TV show? And what was the point where it kind of took over your life or kind of made you kind of go deep into this world? Sure. Um, yeah, well, I knew about the Star Wars for just pop culture references, sure. like, oh, Vader and Luke and whatnot. <laughs> but I was... I hadn't watched the original trilogy movies and I think I've saw glimpses or like ended up watching Revenge of the Sith, but like, oh yeah, let's watch the movie that it's on the, in the movie theater. And that, that was mm -hmm. it. But then by 2015, when uh, The Force Awakens was going to be released, um, it was Halloween and I saw the trailer and I said, oh, that, that Ray costume actually that <laughs> that that girl i like the costume for yeah. pop crawl because i i love going halloween pop crawl in a pre-pandemic mm -hmm. life right <laughs> but, oh, yeah. uh, it was uh, yeah my mother helped me to to make the the costume and it was funny because you could say who was a star wars fan by seeing the reaction like sure. oh, <laughs> oh my god the movie is not even the, uh, out yet and you're dressed as the the new character uh, yeah, obviously one guy passed by like, are you Obi-Wan Kenobi? Like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah, there's all the Jedi, no? Yeah, it's a Jedi, but the, the thing is that I hadn't seen the original trilogy mm -hmm. and I wanted to watch the new one. So I said, eh, I'll do a marathon, but mm -hmm. it was just like, okay, I'm going to watch the MCU in order to watch Endgame kind of thing. Yeah. 
But when I saw it, when I watched the movies, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Wow, <laughs> it took me so long. And yeah, it's been six years and it has been fantastic because it was like the force awakened in me somehow. Sure. Because <laughs> there you go. I, I got into the books, into the comics, into all the, the, the characters, and I've met so, so many fantastic people people and friends like you guys and and it's 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 been amazing it's been a fantastic journey so far yeah i'm glad you took that journey and it's i love hearing from people like yourself and others that i have the the chance to talk to here and that's a similar story yeah i knew about star wars but it wasn't until this new trilogy some people the force awakens mm-hmm. others with even the last jedi which is even four years ago or whatever and then that started their journey and so again i'm older so i they grew up with the original trilogies, but I kind of mm-hmm. backed off a little bit in the nineties because there was nothing. And then with the re-release, mm-hmm. I kind of brought me back. The younger crowd just got through the prequel trilogy and the Clone Wars, but mm-hmm. love everything about it. So it's one of those magic of Star Wars. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter your generation. Once you kind of hold on to something, then you're swept in everything. So yeah. yeah. All right. So before we start, so as always, if you're watching this, thank you. Make sure you like this video, hit that thumbs up button. Like all the kids say, my, my son watches YouTube every day and I gotta make sure I like this video, subscribe and all that stuff. And leave a comment if you're watching this later. And if you're listening to this, when the audio podcast comes out, thank you also. And make sure to leave us a review and a rating. Uh, let's see who's out there on the chat. Our friend Dale is saying, hello, hello there. Dale, hello, hello there. General Dale and our friend Amy Guerra saying, I love that Star Wars. It's always coming up with fresh material that ropes in new fans, of course. And we're going to be talking about a few things in our first story that might bring in more new fans. I see your shirt. You're ready to talk about it. So if you guys are ready, I'm no one ready. Let's talk Star Wars. And it's Star Wars News. Star Wars News. All right, and our first kind of bit of Star Wars news took everyone by surprise, including myself. This was dropped yesterday. I'm still counting it as a rumor because if it's not official, it doesn't come from Disney, Lucasfilm, or anyone involved with it. It's still a rumor. Uh, Most likely it's going to happen is that Deadline, I believe, was the first one to report that Natasha Liu Bordiso was cast as the Mandalorian herself, Sabine Wren, in the upcoming Ahsoka TV series, which another report is this is going to start filming early next year, I think in the spring of next year, yeah. hopefully be released spring of 2023. So, Norhal, I'll start with you. When you heard this casting announcement, what was your reaction? You have the Sabine Wren shirt, so I'm guessing you're a fan. Uh, excited kind of okay it's a rumor but where are you right now with this with this report i'm i'm, I'm really excited actually <laughs> uh, it, it's an ahsoka i don't have a sabine mm. i need to get a, a sabine ren because but it has I, the sabine design of the the star yeah. oh the, the star the phoenix yeah. yeah i think i i mean i'm really excited and of course it's uh yeah i'm looking forward to see this this show uh, Ahsoka, and hopefully, it's like I'm crossing my fingers that we have Ezra as well. Oh, but, yes, but I, and I think it was a great casting. I haven't seen Natasha Liu this before. 
I think mm-hmm. it, she was in the society. I think that was the reference from Deadline. But I think it's a nice casting. I can see the yeah. snark, the snarky <laughs> attitude from Sabine Wren. And I got to be honest. Okay. I love Tia Sirkar. I would have loved to have her doing live action Sabine, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm a, I like this casting and I think I'm, I'm hoping it's a, she does a great job as, as, as uh, Sabine. I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Yeah. Same. I, at first, when I saw this come up yesterday, I don't know if I was driving home or I was still at work. So I, I think when I got home, my whole Twitter was just this casting as <laughs> scrolling, just this casting. But at first, I, okay, here we go. Another rumor, another scoop out there. Haven't we learned anything? But like we talked about before, no, this came from Deadline. A lot of reputable news outlets picked it up. It's not scoopers on Twitter. It's reported, are people that know what they're doing. This is their job. So everything that I've seen is very positive and very likely that this is correct. And I'm all for it. I do kind of... I mean, same way that you would have loved if Tia Sikar was kind of cast for this. She's a great actress. She's been in a lot of shows out there, The Good Place, a lot of other places. Um, I don't know if it's something has to do with the physicality of what they want to do with the character or what, mm-hmm. that they did, or maybe the age that the character is going to be at this point. I don't know. But I trust Lucasfilm and all the star wars casting directors i think so far they've done a great job with everyone doing mm-hmm. casting for the live action series and movies so same thing i haven't seen natasha in anything but i'm gonna trust her judgment uh looks to be to play the part she looks like sabine they're all the picture with her with pink hair and everything so if they say this is the person to play it i'll be on board with it waiting for those official reports but uh, so what, like you said, oh, and Ezra better be here. And yes, Ezra, come on, that's that's the show, right? That's what we all think. So let me, what do you think, what do you expect from the Ahsoka series? Now that, let's say that this is true and Sabine is going to be in the show. We don't know if it's one episode, eight uh-huh. episodes or whatever. Do you still believe that the main plot of this show is going to be her, um, Ahsoka, on the hunt for Ezra and throne which was kind of alluded in the mandalorian or do you think it's going to be something different well i'm i'm i'm, I'm really hoping that it's that, that that is around their journey what we saw in the epilogue of rebel season four finale yeah. that they go on a quest to find ezra i would definitely love that because it's one of the huge questions we have <laughs> Like what happened with for Ezra? For how long now? Yeah, for years. <laughs> exactly. And the, the now that you mentioned the Mandalorian, we saw that throne was mentioned, mm-hmm. but it was like someone that it was active, right? I, like, hey, what what is General uh, Grand Admiral Throne? It's like, oh, wait a minute. So <laughs> there's more story, and I'm really yeah. excited to to hear more about that journey. I think. I might be wrong, but I think I saw something about she do uh, being one of the main characters of the show. But I, I might be—it's it's a rumor as well. We are not—we don't have many mm-hmm. details yet. But it would be fantastic if we have more about Savine in this show. Um, of course, we know about Hayden. I'm really <laughs> excited to have Force Ghost Anakin or maybe flashbacks. Um, yeah. I would love to have Rex 
please. Tamora Morrison <laughs> is there, please. More Tamora Morrison. There, yeah. If you haven't used him, it's the same age. You don't have to do anything. Put a little hair on him if you want. Yeah. Um, so I'm on the same boat. I think the main plot of this show is going to be the search for Ezra or for mm -hmm. Admiral Throne and by kind of proxy Ezra because last we saw them there together. I think that time period for this show is going to be very important. Like you mentioned, the epilogue for Rebels. As far as we know, it's after the events of Mandalorian. So do, do Sabine and Ezra go on this mission and then halfway Sabine has to go back to Lothal and then it picks up after the epilogue? We don't know. But if they're together, they gotta go find Ezra. We gotta see Ezra. Come on, say that Mina Masad is gonna play him. Space Aladdin, we need him. Yes. It's the best casting. Uh, I know Hayden also is rumored to be there. I'll be honest, I'm the only one who's like, ah, I don't want them to meet again. <laughs> and I know I'm like the zero, zero, zero point one percent that says that everyone wants them to meet. Everyone wants Ahsoka to know that Anakin was redeemed. Yeah. I'm on the, just leave it, but we'll see. Uh, let me say hi to someone that's the first time here. Harish, hi. thanks for being here. Thanks for, catch, for catching us live. And you're saying Hello, you really like the casting, but as a South Asian, would have really liked to see someone of mixed East and South Asian descent especially because that's how it's coded in this show to me. I uh, 100% agree. I've seen other people say this. Um, I can't speak to it. Obviously, I'm not of Asian descent, mm -hmm. so I can't say, yeah, you're wrong or whatever. But I do understand. And uh, we've seen our friend Candace from Geeky yes. Waffle. Hi, she's she's done her whole thing with all the Sabine's family, all the rents and how they're coded and all that. And I kind of outfall with what they're saying. Um, so I agree with your kind of, your saying. Um, we'll see, we'll see how it's played on the show. And again, still rumors. We thought she was coming in Mandalorian season two, that Sasha yeah. Bank was gonna be Sabine and we saw how that played out. So anyway, we won't have to wait too long to, to find out who's playing Sabine. And then the Ahsoka show is coming in a few, in a year or so, I know. Are you bummed that it's not gonna be an animated kind of sequel to Rebels? A lot of people are saying, oh, this just looks like a Rebel sequel. They should have keep it animated. Or are you okay that they're doing this kind of transition now to live action with those characters? I gotta say that, well, I loved Rebels, to, to be honest. I mm -hmm. thought it was the animation kept improving, like we saw, mm -hmm. I, I think it kept this, this level of the the really good the really good development and yeah i would have i mean if the sequel because a lot of people are saying ah this is rebel 2.0 i don't see the problem with that because <laughs> i love rebels yeah. but i could see i could see some pros of having a live action um series instead of animation I mean, it would have been great if mm -hmm. they kept the animation, the animated series. But yeah, I'm interested. I can say my interest. I'm paid. Like, yeah, you have my attention. I <laughs> I want like to see. Uh, I can tell you when uh, with the Mandalorian last season. Uh, I think it was the only episode. It was Black Friday as well, but <laughs> it, that helped. But it was the only episode that I stay up up till up two a.m. here in Central. <laughs> to watch the episode and I was, I try not to laugh, to scream so loud because, <laughs> wow, oh my yeah. God. 
with all the sequences, but it would be fantastic. It would be nice to see, to add another dimension. I, I can feel with the Star Wars, you have obviously the, the live action, both TV or movies, and then you, and also you have animation and you have the comics and you have the books. And it's interesting to cover all the, with yeah. all the different characters to have a little bit of them you know, on each media. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I'm really excited. I mean, yeah. Um, I'm someone, I love Rebels. It's my favorite animated mm -hmm. series so far, and it took me a while. I liked it the first time I watched the whole series. I rewatched it last year, and I, that's when I fell in love with it. But I'm more of a live action person. That's mm -hmm. what I gravitate to. Nothing against animation. A lot of the best Star Wars is in animation. I'll give it that. But once Ahsoka made the jump to live action, I knew they weren't. I assume, let me say that, because I don't know really what's going on. I assume that they weren't going back to animation for to continue her story. Mm -hmm. It didn't make sense to me that you bring someone like Rosario Dawson. I know I'm not talking about her personal issues that some people kind of don't like what's going on, mm -hmm. yeah. but she's a known actress out there. Mm -hmm. I didn't see them bringing a, an actress of this kind of caliber that people know her and then mm -hmm. say, okay, thank you. We're going to continue her story in this animated show that not everyone knows about. So I cannot say, yeah, she brought, she's now in live action, that's gonna be the continuation. And I feel for those Rebel fans that wanted the sequel to yeah. be an animation, I don't see it happening, at least not right now. Who knows after the Ahsoka series and this Mandoverse that everyone thinks was, is gonna be this retelling of the original Throne trilogy. Maybe when all that ends, they'll pick up the characters again in animation. But I think that search for Ezra is going to be live action. Mm -hmm. I am all for it, but I understand why some people might might prefer the animated way. Like our friend Amy is saying, I prefer animation, but live action is what draws in new fans. Yes. And again, it's yes because the only person in my house that watched Rebels with me is my daughter. That was our thing. But my wife and my son, my daughter and myself watch The Mandalorian, both seasons. And we do the same with the MCU shows. And unfortunately, that brings in new fans and people that might not. Oh, yeah, it's animation. I'll just kind of watch it from mm -hmm. the sides. Yes, live action is going to bring more of those fans. And Harish is adding, I fell in love with Rebels back when it started in 2014. And I feel like even since it started, Lucasfilm has kind of neglected the Rebels characters. And in Yes. Now, because I don't know, when did Rebels finish? 2016, more or less? Uh, I think it was 2017, I guess. I don't know. About three years ago, let's say. Let's just no, throw 18. it out there. It was 19? 18. 18, if I'm not. Yeah, because I started watching Rebels on season two right after yeah. The Force Awakens because uh, <laughs> Princess Leia was going to appear. It was season two. That was 2016. Yeah, it was 2018 when it finished. Okay. So it's been about three years, and we really haven't seen so much of those characters. It ended in that great cliffhanger. Now we got Ahsoka back, hopefully Sabine, and it kind of continues the story. So yeah. we'll see. Again, Star Wars is growing so much that it's difficult to keep bringing all these other characters we all fall in love with. But speaking of characters we all fall in love with, yes. 
some of our favorites that we might be seeing very soon in a live action show called the uh, Kenobi Show. It's also they're also coming in a new book by Michael Chen. Mike Chen is writing a new book called Brotherhood, and we have that cover reveal. Here we go, Anakin, okay, Obi Wan, Attack of the Clones vibes. That a little planet in the background. So I know you said you're kind of getting caught up with the la with the High Republic. Uh, do you know a little bit about this book? Are you excited about this? And when you saw the, uh, the cover, are you did you like it? I'm a little bit eh, on the fence with the cover. I want to hear your take first. Oh, sure. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to see. Yeah. Uh, of course, with the Kenobi show, I know, and I understand that. Like you said, we have so many characters to cover mm -hmm. in the Star Wars universe. and But I think Kenobi is one that, draws the attention of both new and old fans, mm -hmm. right? So I think this book, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how, uh, if there's there's gonna be any connection with the, mm -hmm. with the, with the show, but talking about that, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see it. The cover, I think it was, it was cool. It was, yeah, like giving me vibes of this uh, Attack of the Clones era. Yeah. And I would, I think the the only uh, material that I've read prior to episode two, it was the it was a short comic arc of Obi Wan and Anakin, but they had mm. this adventure, and we had a glimpse of uh, teenager Anakin that was being <laughs> started to be manipulated by Palpatine. Oh, cool! Yeah, I haven't but, read it, that one. I really recommend that. It, it's it's nice uh, the 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 story, and it's a short run. So I'm really looking forward to read more about the yeah. adventures of Anakin and Kenobi and see how that somehow will link to the to the series and what it we're gonna to. see. Uh, yes. the, this is releasing May 10th of next year. Even though the Kenobi series hasn't, the release date hasn't been set, a lot of rumors is spring, summer, something like that. So it has to tie mm -hmm. up, there has to be something I saw him pop up. I'll let him. I'll let him wait before I say hi to him on the chat. <laughs> he was here last week, our friend. Uh, but it has to. There has to be some connection with the Kenobi series for it to come more or less at the same time that we expect the show to come out. This is like you mentioned. This is attack right after between Attack of the Clones. Yeah, between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, um, they're called to Catonemodia. Um, Kenobi has this great line in Revenge of the Sith. Oh, that business of Captain Emodia doesn't right. count, and we're gonna get to see it. So yeah. one little line in a movie from 2005. Now we're gonna see what that was. The I don't know how the people from Captain Emodia are blaming the Republic for a bombing that happened on their planet, and they mm -hmm. have to send Kenobi, the negotiator, of course, to find out what happens. Anakin tags along. He's a brand new Jedi Knight. He has some young Jedi with him that we don't know who it is. And of course, our, one of a great character out there, Asash Ventures, also has her hands in this book. So that's just recipe for a great story. And I'm really interested in seeing what happens. This cover to me was kind of okay. And I don't want, again, the designer the artist that did the cover did a great job so nothing mm -hmm. against those because i couldn't do that i'll start with that but it just seemed these are looks like copy paste from 
um, some poses that we've seen mm -hmm. from Anakin and Kenobi promoting Attack of the Clones. I think they changed a little bit of their hair, but yeah. the background, there's a little circle with the planet behind them, which I really, I really liked. But the story is what matters. The cover, yeah, whatever. I care about the story. Yeah. So very interested for it. Mike Chen, May 10th of next year. So we'll see. All right. So let's say hi to our friend Oti. Then podcast is hey. so saying hi, Oti. He was here last week. We had our great Disney Day recap. And yeah, he's here a lot. He'll be here again soon, most likely. Amy is very excited to see how Venters favors into this. Um, Venters Day just happened the other day on Twitter. There's all this talk always that Ventures and Kenobi had this flirt, flirtatious relationship. Yeah. So how is this going to play out in, in a novel? It's going to be very excited. So, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens next year. Man, Ventures. We got to get some Ventures back. And can we imagine seeing Ventures live action? <sighs> Taste. It would be <laughs> Yeah, it, it will happen eventually. We'll see her. Hopefully. Yes. All right. So let's. We have our uh, a main topic we're gonna talk about today, which are sidekicks in Star Wars. Where's my intro? Here we go. All right, so Star Wars is known for the great characters. We just talked about a bunch of them here. I was talking about a little time period, just this kind of Rebels, Attack of the Clones, time period, Clone Wars. But there's characters for 40 years, not counting everyone from the High Republic. But all those main characters, so most of them, had someone next to them, kind of helping them along, become these great heroes that we, that we fell in love with. So... We're gonna give them a little bit of the spotlight today, talking about sidekicks, which I know some people might say, ah, don't call them side, sidekicks. They they're deserve their own kind of highlight. But a sidekick is, sidekick, not a sidekick, a sidekick, a person closely associated with another as a subordinate or partner. And I think all these were partners of the main characters. Yeah. So before we go into, and there's a lot, so we'll see which ones we'll, we'll kind of cover. But when you think about sidekicks in Star Wars or that partner to one of the main characters, what do you think are some of the characteristics that makes them great characters or great sidekicks? I think some of the characteristics is they are loyal. They are dependable. Mm -hmm. They can be trusted. Uh, they are resourceful as well yes. because more than less we see our main characters struggling with the sure. situation with the issue and then they need the help or their partners of the psychics to go ahead and move on that situation so i think it is really important to to notice those 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 uh characteristics they bring into the table and especially that being loyal being dependable it's mm -hmm. it's something that we can see in common of all these characters. And, and I agree 100%. There's nothing else I can add to it. But if we talk about being loyal, being dependable, being the Robin to Han Solo's Batman, there's only one. If we're going to start talking about yes. sidekicks, it has to be Chewbacca, right? He's the Chewy. greatest sidekick out there. Little Chewie, he's been in this for over 200 years. 
and Chewbacca. He, we met him nineteen seventy seven. Oh, there you go. It's oh, perfect. He's somewhere back there, hidden in my mess of toys. Um, but Chewbacca, this walking carpet, as he's kind of re referenced by Princess Leia when we first met him in A New Hope, has gone through all nine movies of the, the saga, and not nine movies, forget about the prequel trilogy, but original trilogy, sequel trilogy, solo, and we'll see where else. Well, he's run the gamut. He's one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, not just sidekicks. Um, played beautifully by two characters. And I think for Jonas to take on this monument of after Peter Mayhew, mm -hmm. and I think he made the character him himself, and I love everything he's done with him. Um, so speaking real quick about Chewbacca, do you have a favorite kind of scene with him or something that kind of, when you think about Chewbacca, what comes to mind? Well, when I, about Chewie, I think of his relationship, his friendship with Han Solo, mm -hmm. his, this life depth that he had yeah. with, with him that we, we get to learn a little bit more on the solo Star Wars story movie, but then how he was dependable and loyal to him. And I think one scene that gets to me is when we saw uh, in the book and the aftermath life death where mm -hmm. we, we learn about the liberation of Kashyyyk okay. and this moment when Han has to leave him because he's Actually, they, they have liberated the planet, but then Han has to go back to, yeah. and, and he's, I mean, you see the character Shui that he's selfless, that he's like, hey, yeah, let's go. And no, no, nobody, you have, you, you own this. Yeah. You fought, fought for the liberation of your home planet. And I mean, it's been great. And it, it's one of the heartbreaking moments because you think of the moment when we met him, obviously, Chronologically, was in the, the New mm. Hope when um, Kenobi, oh, my, uh, Ben Kenobi approaches him, and then we see Han Solo. But it's it's in in the like Oti said, the the Wookie Hawks is <laughs> also. Yeah, you don't have a better sleep than wrapped around a Wookie's hog or something that they say that Leo <laughs> says in in Solo. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's funny about Chewie? I mean, apart from a lot of things, one of the first things that comes to mind to me, which is not about the movies, it's themselves. I grew up in Puerto Rico, of course, and the movies over there have yes. subtitles. So every time that they will mention Chewy, it will come as a subtitles and Chewy, which is about chewing, they will just put Masca, which is someone chewing. And we'll, and we'll be <laughs> Han Solo Chewy. saying, Masca, get over here. And I'm like, dude, no, just, just put Chewy. We don't need to know the actual movement. So that's always kind of kept women. I think that was for the re-release of the movies, the special editions. But there's so much about Chewie to love, like you said, his dedication to everyone, not just to Han. Then we saw in the sequel trilogy with, even with Finn, when they meet them and he gets shot up, even though he's trying to kill poor Finn, but I love that relationship that they have. And then of course, through all of the, the mostly the Force Awakens and a little bit in The Last Jedi, how much he and Rey also connect. And when Rey is piloting the Falcon in The Rise of Skywalker, when she walks in and Chewie is there kind of looking at her, giving her, you know, that, okay, you're back. You can take that, that seat. I'll stay as a co-pilot. There's so much to love about Chewie. I love 
I was able to meet Peter Mayhew on a convention in Puerto oh. Rico. The only autograph that I have from anyone from Star Wars is with him. He's just this lovable guy. Just, yeah, that's Chewbacca. We know him. Um, yeah. I love in the Empire Strikes Back is just seeing him covered in snow because he's again he's a big dog and just seeing him covered in snow brings a smile to my face seeing him in Solo which is one of my favorite Star Wars movies getting in the Falcon for the first time with Han and flying the Falcon for the first time is just something amazing brings a smile to my face uh, that scene when he's turning all the knobs in and oh you know how to fly oh you're 190 year year oh you look great it's like yeah of course Chewbacca knows how to do this he, he's been fighting but then like you said and we saw a little bit in Solo when he they're on on Kessel and he goes to help the other Wookiees to liberate them mm -hmm. and in Life Dead Aftermath which I'll say I haven't read but seeing all that progression and then his devotion to all these characters to the whole trilogy for 40 years, it's, you won't get this for a yes. character that's a walking carpet. <laughs> yes, and for example, now that you mentioned about Rey, uh, I think a lot of people has mentioned, okay, Rey and her relation, her mentor, the, the mentorship she received from Han, from Leia, yeah. from Luke, but wait a minute, the, <laughs> I think the main influence the, the main mentoring was the mentorship was was chewy and not only mentoring her is trusting her yeah like exactly. you said like hey no you take the pilot i'm your co-pilot is like <laughs> hey that's I, I i thought she and she and he went with her like taking her to uh, going to act two and then going to drop her <laughs> to kylo's rank yeah i was supremacy. gonna say like, yeah, it's a yeah. great two great scenes in the last year that with Chewie when Luke is not really answering Ray's call and he just comes in, knocks that door off. It's like, dude, get your butt in and we need your help. And then in The Last Jedi, when she's like, Yeah, tell Finn and he kind of growls something. Yeah, yeah, tell him that. Because they understand each other. He knows what yeah. she needs and she trusts him. And uh, like our yeah. friend Oti is saying, agree with agree with his loyalty. Han is gone. So his depth is basically over and he sticks around regardless. Chewie is the best. I mean, if Mascanata loves him, where's my boyfriend? Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, is we're not saying, of course, he has a, these characters like Chewie have an, a story of their own mm -hmm. that is quite interesting, but they are selfless and dependable enough to take the back seat or the pilot seat to let others take mm -hmm. the take the wheel in, yeah. in a figurative sense yeah, so. the will of the falcon uh, so <laughs> one more thing before we jump to our others because we can talk about chewy forever oh yeah <laughs> there's one thing i'll i'll critique i'll criticize chewy for one thing in a new hope so he meets ben kenobi i know i might get some hit he meets ben kenobi he takes them to han and all this stuff and when they're leaving and han is talking to him oh man i can't believe you're gonna get paid fifteen thousand or whatever it is and then oh go prep the ship he walks out and Greedo walks right in front of him and like <laughs> two feet behind he's pulling his blaster on, on han solo and chewy still la, la, la. i didn't see anything dude really you couldn't hear solo just come on he, he should have said something but anyway hopefully we'll get to see more of chewy and one yes. of those make solo two happen or something with chewbacca we know that jonas loves this character Hopefully you can see more. Harris is saying, I love Mass and Chewy. Hope we get more, more of them. They've been around for a lot. We can get a little 
yeah. an episode of something just mass and chewy when they met like 150 years ago having a date something. or something <laughs> yeah. and our friend mo is here what's up y'all mo she sent us a question we'll get hey. to that later uh and yeah for you guys on the chat or later if you're watching this on the comment just let us know any special kind of sidekick that you want us to talk about uh what do you think about the ones we're talking so we started with our original sidekick let's jump to one of our newest one what has taken the world by storm in star wars and it's the one and only fennec shan yes. so fennec shan is this great character played by mingna wen that if i'm not mistaken it's her birthday today from what i've seen out there on twitter so oh if that's God. right we planned yes. this perfectly happy birthday mingna hopefully you'll get to see happy this um so fennec shan we saw her in, in one episode, Mandalorian season one, when they go to Tatooine, gets shot, everyone thinks she's dead, mm -hmm. but of course, someone comes in behind with little the hear the spurs, and her story continues. Before we jumped into that, so I was the same thing that I said, oh, if they brought Rosario Dawson for Ahsoka, they're not gonna go back to animation. If you bring someone like Mingna Wen to play a new, brand new character in Star Wars, it's not for one episode, she's dead, thank you for your service. I was pretty sure that she was going to come back. Then we saw everything in Mandalorian Season 2. She was then in The Bad Batch, and now she's basically the co-lead of the Book of Boba Fett coming later this year. So talk to me about Fennec Sham, when you saw her first in Mandalorian Season 1, and your thoughts on this character, which is beloved by most Star Wars fans out there, including myself. Are you there? You might have. Damn it. Oh, I can hear you at least. <laughs> All right. So while, while Nora tries, tries to come back, she'll be back. Uh, so Harris is saying Mina when she's just the best from Mulan to Agents of Shield to Mando, exactly. And she's a great character. She's been in the Disney family, like you said, since Mulan, then with the MCU, now with the Mandalorian. And Phoenix Shan, man, one of those characters that has been in different, like we said, started live action, now moved to, then moved to animation with the Bad Batch which was great seeing her there also. Uh, one of the things that I love about this character, when we meet her in Mandalorian season one, and this bounty hunter, I always forget his name, thank God, because I hate him. Uh, he says, oh, I got this bounty I gotta go after. And Dean Jaren's like, eh, Fennec Shan, no, I'm not gonna mess with it. Everyone that goes after Fennec Shan doesn't come back. So we already get that kind of background that she's this badass bounty hunter out there. And then we see that kind of when we get to Rebels, I mean, to Bad Batch. All right, she's back. Let's bring her back. You don't want to just listen to me. So she's back. How you doing? Sorry about that. I don't know what happened with my laptop, but I'm here. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry. So I was talking a little bit about Fennec Shan when we meet her in The Mandalorian, the first season. Uh, and this bounty hunter, I always forget his name, kind of tells Mando, hey, I, I'm looking for Fennec Shan, I need your help. And Dean Jaren's like, Fennec Shan, I'm not going to mess with her because she kills everyone. And then we saw this in the Bad Batch when she's her first appearance chronologically, 
goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cat Bane, who's arguably one of the greatest bounty hunters in the Star Wars galaxy, and she holds her own. So we see what type of badass of a character she is. And of course, now moving yeah. to Mando season two, and of course, Book of Boba Fett. Toro Kalik, and thank you, Mo. I had time, forgotten yeah. his name because he sucks. He's one that will not make the list for best characters, for no. best sidekicks. He will, this is the most I will ever talk about him on this show, probably. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll make another show. Uh, but no, what I was trying, what I asked first was just this trajectory of Fennec Shan as a character from one episode in Mando Season 1 to now being this colleague with Boba Fett. Well, um, I think I'm, I'm with you with what happened with uh, Fennec mm -hmm. at the episode one, like in the season one. Yeah. I was bummed, like, what? I mean, it's Meg Nguyen, it's a great actress, and I was expecting to have more of Fennec Shan. But yeah. fortunately, on season two, we saw her coming back along with Boba Fett <laughs> and yeah. it was such a great character and I was really excited. I never expected to be so excited about Boba Fett, even though my, my, me being in the fandom is relatively uh, recent, but mm -hmm. I wasn't really excited about Boba Fett to be honest, but I thought this pair, this combination is amazing because they both are really, really bad kicking Stuff <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that and, but I was yeah I think having her in the bad badge was a surprise a welcome what a welcome one but a surprise uh, to be sure quoting yeah. Palpatine yeah. <laughs> and it is it is interesting this character is like you said um, we cannot dwell in ah light and and dark and mm -hmm. bad um, villains and heroes the world and, and the universe, the Star Wars universe, can have all shades of gray in mm -hmm. terms of the characters. So I loved how Fennec Shand is, is about the hunter, a, a ruthless one, but we saw glimpses of those traits, like the how she was with um, Omega and the Bad mm, Bash, yes. the Bad Bash, and then this relationship that we see on screen with Boba Fett that, ah, I'm I'm committed to his service because he saved my life. And yeah. hopefully we have some other kind of relationship <laughs> with them. Bonek forever. Bonek, but you gotta say every time we talk about it, you gotta bring Bonek. I'll give, as always, I'll give props to Arsu, Maggie, and all you guys out there that started the Bonek. Cause I was like, we don't need another ship. There's plenty of ships. <laughs> but then we, we see the, the post-credit scene of Mando season two. And it's like, yeah, there's mm. something there. You, oh, no. it's yeah, you saved my life, but there's history because yeah. in Mando season one, she says, Oh, I'm meeting someone in the spaceport or someone that she has to meet. And now we know it's Boba Fett. There has to be something more there. It's not just thank you, because Boba Fett, from what we knew before, wasn't this character to just save a life or someone that she that he runs into in, in the desert. Has to be some someone that there's a connection with. And like you said, and I've heard this from most people that now, I don't say now love Boba Fett, because that's kind of sounds weird, but have this new appreciation for the character mm -hmm. has to do with that relationship between him and Fennec Shan. 
but you can have that relationship with Fennec Shan is a character that doesn't mesh well with the public and with everyone. And she's a great character from season one, season two, and in Bad Bad, she was great. And now, of course, going to Book of Boba Fett. What do you expect to see apart from hopefully Bonek or something out there? Um, where do you see this character kind of going in Book of Boba Fett? Because I see her, she's still a badass. Because in, even in the trailer, when she says, oh, if, the, if you, this was Jabba's palace, it would have yeah. fed you to his menagerie. So she's there threatening all these other gangsters. She doesn't give a nothing. She's like, I'm here, I'm taking care of this. So what do you expect to see from her, from the, the little that we know for Book of Boba Fett? I'm really, I'm really excited to see, and, and yeah, hashtag Bonek. I'm really excited about this character, this this show, and the perspective of having two uh, characters uh, that had been, I mean, Boba Fett had been part of other stories in Star Wars, but part of the Skywalker saga, but as one of the characters, not one of mm -hmm. the main characters. Same with Fennec. Fennec Shand came along with the Mandalorian, but she's not, she was not, one of yeah. the main characters. So I think this is a great opportunity to shine light on these two characters to see where they are where they are at. And especially with the state of things of the galaxy at this point, it's five years after the Empire fell on, well, started falling on Andor because we know Jakku happened mm -hmm. a year later, but see, we see that it wasn't like a switch, like an on-off switch yeah. on the Empire. We still have remnants of, remnants of the Empire. But it, I think we've seen a glimpse of it, what, is, what might come at the war of the, of the bounty hunters crossover mm -hmm. arc in the comics. Yeah. That we see all the players. We see, well, we know they're the Hots. We know about the, the Nictus, mm -hmm. but in, in other crime groups, crime associations. But yeah, I'm really interesting. What are we gonna see? Which other players he's going to find, they are going to find mm -hmm. in their way. We saw some glimpses on the trailer, but I would definitely love to hear if there's still some Crimson Dawn lying around. I mean, uh, that, that would be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing that we talked about with the Brotherhood novel, so close to the Kenobi show. And mm -hmm. then we have this, uh, whatever, I forget the name, this Bounty Hunter comic book arc that brings back Kira and Crimson Dawn. And she's leading Crimson Dawn at this point. Yes. And by the end of it, and we've heard from Charles Saul, he has this three-story arc with them. They get in their own comic series now. They were involved in the Return of the Jedi time period. Like you said, they're just five years. Yeah. If Boba Fett and Fennec Shan are trying to take over the underworld of the Outer Rim, at least, give us Crimson Dawn. Bring back Kira. Yes. I would love to see her in the in a solo sequel or something, but come on, bring, bring come on. I give mean, she's, you... she's there. She's there in lot. I mean, she can go do a cameo. Emilia Clark, she's 35. She can play uh, 40, 40. I don't know what age yeah, would be Kira, but yeah. That would be a fantastic way to bring a character that I really like, Kira, which is a conflicted character. And I really enjoyed this crossover arc. Uh, yeah, mark my words, I enjoyed better this that Shadow of the Empire. And, <laughs> yeah, I can hear the gasp of some 
fans like oh, yeah. but yeah i i, I really enjoyed so. that how they they uh put together all these events but going back to boba and fennec i think there's a really great opportunity because we know the the new republic yeah it's already in place but it's not really hugely organized there are pockets mm -hmm. without a, a power that might be uh Good for crime organizations, so definitely it would be a really nice story to see. Yeah, I mean, every time if someone has some power loses them, there's this vacuum, and then the outer rim still people don't care. A hundred, two hundred years later, people don't care too much about the outer rim. Jabal had controlled that for decades or even hundreds of years because he's not he's not in the High Republic, but the Hots are there. There's still yes. criminal organization at that point. So who's gonna take over now? Here comes Boba Fett trying to remove everyone, mm -hmm. but Crimson Dawn is right there. We know that Boba Fett and Crimson Dawn now had some interaction because of this comic arc. What better place to bring all of that together? You have Kira, uh, Fennec Shan on a, uh, come on, I, I can't, oh I can't God. anymore. Like Otis saying, if they show up, we'll blow all our minds. <laughs> and yes. Amy's saying, I was never a big fan of Boa, but his connection with Fennec has helped soften his post Sardak persona and made him so much more compelling. And that's yeah. what I'm hearing from everyone. So we love it. I love Boba yes. Fett. You love Boba Fett for a different reason. Doesn't matter. Just like Star Wars. You love Star Wars, we're all fans. You like Boba Fett because he's softened up a little bit with Fennec Shan. We love it. Let's keep talking about him. And we'll see them in a month, next month. Jesus yes. Christ, it's next month. And in terms of representation, I think it's fantastic that we have yeah. two two actors over 50 playing the lead and two POCs uh, yeah. playing the leads of this mm -hmm. show, which is amazing, yeah. Yes, so win, win, win in everything. So more people of color, more people over 25 in live action. Robert Rodriguez doing this, <gasps> Hispanic representation. All of we all win. Come yes. on, Phoenix Bonek. We should end the show <laughs> right there. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, Chewie, Phoenix Shan, we can't forget about the droids in Star Wars. So, Aww. the droids are some of the best out there. There's so many droids. We'll try to I separate know. them a little, a little bit. We're gonna start with the OGs, the original R2D2 and C3PO. There's sidekicks to our main characters and they're sidekicks to each other because no. they just have so such a great connection. I love the beginning of A New Hope. I know a lot of people, oh, those first 40 minutes before Han Solo show up are a little bit slow. I just mm -hmm. love R2's and Tripio's relationship. Yeah, they hate each other, but C. Tripio <laughs> couldn't spend one day without R2. He kicks him, but then he's we, he's... He's worried when he's not there. Oh, we got to do something. Oh, Arthur, what happened with you? And then why the hell did you run away? So I just <laughs> love both of them. Um, before we jump a little bit more in into Arthur and C-3PO, do you have a favorite uh, droid in Star Wars? Oh, my God. It's so hard to choose <laughs> because, like you said, I think the MVP of the saga is R2 yeah. because he basically saves everyone's mm -hmm. but because oh yeah he goes hard too but i think for example one th one that i love is i love uh l3 and k2s i yeah. love their their personality like that moment with k2s are like oh jin i'll be there with you and 
something like that. And she's <laughs> like, oh, something. Because Cashin told me. Yes, I said so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let me just show them real quick. We'll keep talking. So L3 is one of those very underrated droids in Star Wars. Oh, I know yes. some people didn't like the portrayal. It was, they say it's similar to K2. I see them a little bit different. K2 mm -hmm. it still feels like a droid that's just being kind of snarky. But L3 is her own person, right? She wants oh, yes. this droid liberation, droid rights. And I'm not gonna, you're not my organic overlord. K2 still, like you said, I'll do this because Cassian said so. L3 is like, dude, this is my ship. Get your pompous ass out of my seat. Revolution! Um, yes. And then they don't serve our kind. So L3 is a totally different character that if we're talking about uh, sidekicks, her and Lando have this great relationship that oh, yeah. unfortunately when she gets shot, we see Lando just break down. But then... And you can say this is a different episode about her getting connected to the Falcon and what that mm -hmm. means for what her character wanted. But she's still helping at that point. If you've read the solo novelization, they go more into that and how she kind of starts absorbing the computer of the Falcon and these other droids that have been put into there. And she's still trying to help. But K2, come on, that's the first time that we saw a character, a droid in Star Wars that didn't feel like a droid, right? He was there being, cracking jokes, being sarcastic, throwing things on the floor. Oh, this is how you kind of blend in with the grenades exploding. And of course, smacking Cassian when they're trying to play that they're going to prison. I'm taking them to prison. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I love, all droids in Star Wars. I think I gotta go with R2 as my favorite. Like you said, oh, he's yeah. the MVP. He's been there since the beginning. He has the whole knowledge. I'm a little bit bummed that he wasn't used too much in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. I know we have BB-8 and he's kind of bringing this new generation into it. And I mm -hmm. love BB-8. I would have loved that they do a little bit more with R2. We just see him in a little, same thing, just saving the day. Uh, Luke doesn't want to go. Here's that hologram of Leia. Oh, you don't know yeah. where Luke is? Oh, I have the other part of the map. I wish that we saw a little bit more with him. But I do love everyone else. And BB-8, like Harris is saying, BB-8 is one of my favorites. His relationship yeah. with Ray and the group is great, especially Ray and BB-8's first meeting. So let's talk about BB-8 real quick. Because this is another character. <laughs> BB-8. Uh, it's too far. I can't. Yeah, get it. it's too far. I have them <laughs> right here. So <laughs> I gotta get my show prep a little bit early. Have all the things here, but BB-8 is very similar to Chewbacca that he helps a lot of people. So yeah. yes, of course he's with Poe and go will die for Poe. That um, introduction with Ray is great, and they just help each other, especially in the Force Awakens. He sent. He then makes a connection with Finn in the Last Jedi. We see a lot of that, and if you've seen Star Wars Resistance, also with the main character where they're cast, because mm -hmm. Poe kind of leaves BBA with him. They have also that great relationship. So BBA is a, a droid that just came in, and everyone loved them. As soon as we saw him just running down the desert in that trailer, we all fell yeah. in love with him. Uh, is there a scene of BBA that kind of? Calls to you, and I have mine, but I'll let you say. Uh, well, I think mine is when 
and crate when um, they made it to the bunker. Yeah. And Poe is like, oh, we're like, where's BB-8? Where's my droid? He's, yeah. He cares more about his droid. And that moment when he uh, greets him, uh, it's, it smells my heart because he's yeah. really in, in love with this, with this, with this droid. I love that. Yeah, that's like great. Yeah, I forgot about our Finn. Where's my droid? Yeah, yeah. Then he just kind of scratching him. I have to go with the Force Awakens. So he gives a little thumbs up lighter oh, yeah. to Finn when he finally kind of tells them where the resistance base is. Uh, but BB-8 is a great character. Um, oh, yeah. It'll be interesting if we get to see more of him if eventually they continue with some of those characters from the sequel trilogy. Yes. Uh, and I just have to say about. Ripio, I know we give him a lot of hard time because he's irritating somehow, but hey, uh, we have to understand what we could expect of a droid that was made by the Skywalker when he died. <laughs> I mean, by yeah, yeah. Anakin, I don't like Sans Skywalker himself. So, but yeah. it, I like to, it's interesting to think how, whether we like him or not, Ripio and R2 as well have been part of a lot of important events of the galaxy, mm -hmm. of the history of the galaxy. Actually, in the Poe Dameron comic run by Phil Noto, Amazing Art, uh, he there's some scene where Poe tells him, like, because Tribu is all like <laughs> insecure and such, and he tells, hey, you, buddy, you've been part of the story, the history, a lot of important events, you've witnessed that. Mm -hmm. and. There's a short comic run uh, that was released after the comic, The Force Awakens, about how he got his red arm. Uh, and yeah. it has some claims of, obviously we know that at the end of Revenge of the Seed, he got his memory wiped. But it, it, has, it, it, it seems like he has some kind of flashes of that. Mm. And, and the, the art is amazing because you can see the fight in Mustafar and stuff that he doesn't remember, but it, yeah. it's right there. So it, it is It is nice to think about it, just from that point yeah. of view. Poor Trippio, I guess his mind wipe. After the biggest events, right? He was there to say, that guy, Anakin, that's Darth Vader. Now I guess his droid mind wipe. And then he has yeah. to get his mind wiped again and have to relieve everything. Uh, Babu Freak, he's one of my oldest friends, even though he just met him. Um, I just... You're right. We kind of make fun of Tripio, but without him, it just would feel so different. And I, I remember being asked years ago, something when I started the show, if you were in a desert island with one droid and one Star Wars character, which who would it be? I think I picked Tripio because he will mm -hmm. have some great stories. You're not gonna be you have enough stuff to get by if you're in a deserted island just with yourself and Tripio. Uh, so one last droid, we can leave him, is Chopper. I uh, know! <laughs> so the murder droid, Chopper, he's here with L3. So friend with Hera. And real quick, if you're talking about uh, companionship, loyalty, devotion uh, in a sidekick, when Chopper, after spoilers, mm -hmm. after Kanan sacrifices himself, a droid, right? They have no emotion. They don't care. Just holds yep. Hera's hand. And then we send saw in the Bad Bash. They've been together since they were younger. So yeah, Chopper, he might be a murder droid, but he still have a, a soft heart for those he cares about. 
I know. Yeah, he's the goat, and he's yeah. he has this snarky attitude and a murderer and whatnot. But he's reliable, dependable, and and it makes you think that sometimes these droids are non sentient beings. Mm-hmm. But how that he had this gesture of oh with Terra, <laughs> especially if it if we were already emotional. That I think that thing was. Yeah. Yeah, Chopper, when I watched Rebels the first time, I was like, I'm getting not annoyed, but it's like this droid, dude, just be a droid. But then rewatching it, it's just a great character. He's one of my daughter's favorite characters from Rebels. She's got like three pillows of Chopper. Again, he's back there somewhere. Her earbuds are Chopper. Uh, So, yeah, you got to love him. Uh, so some of our friends are saying, Amy Guerra going to Aftermath, saying Mr. Bones is such a winner. Like I said, I haven't read Aftermath. I'm sorry. I'll get to I, it eventually. Yeah, the, the trilogy is really good. The first, I think the first book is the slower of yeah. the three. But once you go through that, uh, the second and the third are, are really good. And Mr. Bones is, is really a great character. He has this moments like, yeah, I'll get, like, there's another mortar droid, but with this attitude that makes you think yeah. that really yeah. relatable. Yeah, eventually I'll get to it. Otis adding, showing some love for Billy One, Cal's faithful companion for Jedi Fallen Order. Harry saying, I really like how L3 has been referenced in War of the Bounty Hunters with both Vando and Kira mentioning her. Give us more. Chopper is king, says Mo. And her friend, she made it. Lauren Romo, Chopper is goat. I said what I said. And I did back on our second season, second episode of season two we had geeky waffle no sorry was lauren here the galactic podcast was here uh lauren and andy we did our show about droids and i think some of them picked chopper as their favorite droid that's their shoes chopper is is great and yeah i really hope chopper made it to the battle of exegol says harris when if the ghost was there chopper would be there and then all right, so like I said, there's so many great sidekicks. I gotta let me pick and choose a few before we kind of finish up. I gotta give love to the High Republic, the yes. little charhound Ember. So if you haven't read the High Republic, get on it. And Ember with Bell Sedifard, his loyal charhound from the planet Elfrona. So we haven't got a lot of Ember, of course. Brand new character this past year in the High Republic. We saw him in Light of the Jedi. He also mm-hmm. comes in The Rising Storm, which you haven't read, so we won't get, get into it. But come on, it's a dog. It's a fire dog. Of course, we're Aww. gonna. it's going to be a great character. Yeah, and just talking about this amazing, it, it talks a lot about the work, tremendous amount of work and dedication they did with the Pied Republic to mm-hmm. bring this character that is, such, like you said, it's a charm, but... It's a fantastic one. It's a character relate. Uh... Oh, she's gone. Oh no, she'll be back. Connections, man. There's always always an issue. But Harris is saying Ember was absolutely absolutely vital to Bell in the Rising Storm, hundred percent. And that's that's when I fell really fell in love with Ember once in in the Rising Storm. It's uh, yeah, you're saying she might be a female charhound. I have no idea, but Amber, someone we all love Amber. Reminds you of your own dog out there. Very cool. But yeah, Amber, let's just say Light of the Jedi because Norhal hasn't hasn't gotten to Rising Storm yet, even though that's when he shines as a sidekick. 
it's this choy hound that the temple in Ofrona had. Um, uh, the Blade of Boy daughter, I forgot his real name. He was the one that had him. And then when Bell and Loden get to Ofrona, he kind of starts this relationship with Bell. They go into battle together. I love reading that part in Light of the Jedi when they're on the, the steels, those horses just charging against the Night Hill and Ember's just running right, right with them. And of course, everything that happens in, in the Rising Storm, it's so heartbreaking what Bell is going through. But having Ember there is just sort of great things. And I love the idea of Galaxy having dogs. All right, she's back for a third time. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know no. what happened with my laptop, but now I'm back. Hello? No, I can hear. Can you hear me? There we go. All right. Can you guys hear me? I guess I was muted. I should be back now. All right. So hopefully you guys can hear me now. I think my mic is working. Sorry about that. All right. So yeah, mic is working. We're back. It's a live show. We all know Lauren. You know, we have all these problems. Um, so yeah, Amy's adding. She loved Amber right away. Fell in love with her in Light of the Jedi, which was great when we saw we saw that dog. Thank you, Otti, for saying that. So my mic, the battery went down, so it just changed to my regular microphone, but then it was muted. And I didn't see it for a few minutes. All right, so hopefully Norhal can join us for, we're kind of wrapping up now, but we got to talk. You know I got to mention them. We're talking about the High Republic, Let's talk about our friend Geode. So I had Geode and Lobot here, some of great sidekicks. But let's talk about Geode, right? This rock that we saw in Into the Dark. And I hope that Norhal can join us again because she's reading Into the Dark. And I want to 
want to hear her thoughts about geode. All right, I think she's connecting again. All right, she's almost here. Let me give her a few minutes. Hello. All right, yes. Sorry about that. Yes, I'm back. No, my. I, we had issues at the same time. My microphone went down, then I was muted. So, but we're back. Awesome. All right. So when you were out, just kind of finished talking about Chop and just wrapping up now, Geode. So you're reading into the dark. So you you know a little bit about Geode. Uh, yes. The sentient rock out there. He's a navigator. He's, he does everything. How does he move around the ship, the vessel? We don't know, but we all love Geode. And again, it goes to Claudia Gray making us care about a rock. So since you're still kind of in between or halfway, I don't know how far you are in, into the dark. I won't go too much into it. But what mm -hmm. are your thoughts so far on Geode? Well, so far, I'm, I'm still at the part where they are uh, with the left station. And I think uh, it's an interesting because <laughs> by the description, it's like, wait a minute is that rock how how the, the, he communicates with them yeah. uh, but at some stand is well it's it's an interesting way to see a character that have a different way of communication with the main characters he he works with they work with but i i think it's the interactions with these characters are are quite relatable and 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 mm. endearing. So it's it's interesting. I remember when I hadn't read yet the book and I saw mentions about oh Yod and it's like oh yeah what they're talking about. <laughs> but yeah. I started reading yeah um to know this character. I I enjoy that. Yeah, I mean I'll let you go through that book, but yeah, it's one of it's a rock. What is this? It doesn't make sense, but it makes sense in the book. And like Harris is saying, every time he shows up, he just kind of pops up. He's like, how the hell did he get here? Or it got here. It doesn't matter. And then by the end, it's very reminiscent. I and, I, and I won't, I don't, I want to spell anything else. But he does a few things towards the end that you're kind of, oh, yes, Gio, where would we be without you? All right. So there's a few others like Lobot. If we're going to go with the bad people, Big Fortuna, of course, the the Majordomo for Java. But let's go to one of my favorite parts of the show, which is Rebel Thoughts, when we hear from our friends in the Twitter sphere. And today we had our friend from the chat. But before going to it, Rebel Thoughts. Yes, of course. So our friend Mo at Gene. My star does right wrote to us talking about her favorite psychics. I'm gonna go with an unconventional one, So Guerrera and his psychic Young Jin. And that's an interesting. interesting. Oh. Yeah. All right, there we go. Yeah, sorry, All I right. changed. Uh, <laughs> I, I made it. Sorry. All right, let me make sure I only have one of you here. Yes. All right. Now wait. I put you again. Okay, just that. Uh, so our friend Mo, who was in the chat, if you're still here, Mo, I would love to hear your take on it. She says, young Jean Erso being the psychic to Saw Guerrera, oh, yeah. especially if you read Rebel Rising, which is 
she's great. So I love Rebel Rising. We get to learn so much about Jean growing up those years that she spent with Saw Red and then that break that they had that we kind of catch up then in Rogue One. But yeah, have you read Rebel Rising? And if you have your thoughts on young Jean Erso. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> first of all, reading by reading Rebel Rising and I had read, I think I read first Rebel Rising and then Catalyst by James Luceno. Yes. And I think it's, so those are some of the details that are not included in the movies in mm -hmm. Rogue One, because from Rogue One, the impression we had is that Jean was rescued by uh, Saw Gerrera, and then he kept her as uh, in her cadre in his in his uh, organization as yeah. part, part of. And he had this kind of like surrogate father um, relationship with Jean. But from the books, one <laughs> of the things that I was thinking is that from the movies, I thought, okay, uh, Saw Gerrera had this relationship with. Um, the Ersos with Galen and Lyra, but he wasn't that close. Mm -hmm. at, uh, he, it was just uh, some, uh, he was, the plan was to take the family out of Lamu, but he just got the little child, the, the, the Jin, and he was like, I don't know what to do with you because <laughs> you're a little girl, but I like how they show how she grows up as part of the partisans. And at one point, they part ways, or better said, saw leaves her. But I like how how that relationship and how he took that mentorship and slash surrogate father um, position towards Jane, and how that influences her as part of her her personality. Not only being the daughter of Galen and Lyra, but also the training, the, that uh, perspective she has, mm -hmm. how we see it at the beginning at the Wobani camp yeah. where she's prisoner. But by Rebel Rising, we learned so much so about much. She went, what she went through. So I think that, that this is really uh, interesting first to talk about John Ginerso because we might think, oh, she's a rebel, but yeah, what, like we said, Rebels, the series shows the different cells that were Rebels mm -hmm. in the in the galaxy, but they were not part, uh, at the beginning, they were cells, independent cells, but they started getting together as part of the Rebel Alliance. But we see that between them, they had uh, discrepancies on what to do, mm -hmm. because we saw in Rebels, that Mon Mothma, that Sogarera was totally against what Mon Mothma was moving towards. Like, yeah, we want to, we want things to change, but we don't want to do a radical thing like mm -hmm. the partisans were doing. So, yeah, how to get two different visions of how to get to the same goal. And like you say, in Rogue One, we have that conversation when they meet finally on Scar, or not Scarif, on Jeddah. Jeda, and this is why I don't do trivia. Um, but she's like, you left me, I was 15. And he's like, you were already the best fighter in my cadre. What does that mean? And then Rebel Rising shows us from that point when he rescues her on Lamu, how he trained her, had that father relationship, showed her how to survive, 
she didn't treat her as yeah you're just a kid i'll keep you away from everything the way he trained her with this there were empty shells but the stormtrooper armor just she didn't know just shoot that person there they might be alive but that's how she grew up and she loved that relationship that she had with him because she wasn't treated as a kid she was part of the mm -hmm. group she had all these missions forging all these documents and then unfortunately so did what he had to do and just leaves her in this mm -hmm. in the middle of a battle it's heartbreaking because then we know what happens in the movie and catalyst is used to be my favorite book before into the dark that mm -hmm. shows us so much about what's going on with the earth source and with uh, everyone else in the imperial side and where saw came in and seeing all those three stories kind of finally come to a head with mm -hmm. rising catalyst and rogue one is a great trilogy like Mo is saying, saying Rebel Rising so good, highly recommended. Yes. And she's saying we saw, we see Saw raise Jean and become a rebel fighter just like him. At what point she's happy oh, to no. go by Jan Guerrera. Poor Saw. I mean, he's a a militant by heart, and sometimes that doesn't work too well if you want to also be a father. Exactly. Yes. All right. So I think that we can call it a show there we have it's a great show today thanks for being here know how thank you for we having some me some technical issues on both our side with that that usually mm -hmm. happens when we're doing not the, my again when you left i was muted for about two minutes and no one knew what was going on <laughs> but you were gone i was going like this i tried to fix it and i just had to hit the unmute like all those mm -hmm. zoom calls and people are you gonna hit on mute I was muted. Uh, but yeah. anyway, thank you for being here, Nor. Uh, thanks. Let me say, there were a lot of people today in the chat. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Harish, for you. joining us live today. Oti, of course, Amy, Mo, Lauren, Dale, uh, anyone else that I, I cannot miss. And if you weren't on the chat, but you were watching live, thank you also. Hashtag Bonek. I saw it as I was going down through the list. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, thank you again, Nor. How? Thanks for being here. Um, Thank you for having me. Where can people find you out there? What can I expect from you in the future? Sure, no, thank you. Again, thank you for having me. I had to say a great time. Again, apologies for this <laughs> technical problems, but I'm happy we could sort it for the map yeah. both of our sites. Yeah, you all can find me on Twitter at Norhal and O-O-R-H-A-L. Uh, you can see all my rants about Star Wars, <laughs> Marvel, pop culture, I have my link tree on my bio with all my uh, collaborations. I'm, I'm a geeky waffle contributor. And you, so you can see me on, on live streams and podcasts <laughs> with uh, their fantastic Candace Arzu, mm -hmm. everyone at the team. Um, and also, well, you can check my YouTube and it's on my links that all my acoustic covers. Mm -hmm. And I'm also having going through my, I open, I started a new, um, Site for book reviews is called Nor Reads. Don't come Amazon for me because I'm using the Goodreads. <laughs> Nor Reads, uh, where I uh, write reviews of Star Wars books and other books that I um, that come into my way. So definitely uh, looking forward to to get in touch. Yeah, come come yeah. say hi. So a lot of places where they can find you. There's your Twitter is down in the description of the video. They can start there, get your link tree. Uh, looking forward to seeing your review of Into the Dark because I just love that book so much. 
Uh, and I will have you again sometime soon. I hopefully will have better reception on both ends. I'll make sure to charge my microphone also. Uh, <laughs> so again, thank you, Norha, for being here. Thanks for everyone in the chat. If you're watching this show, I'm pretty sure you know where to find us. It's right down there on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Rebel Pod. Also have our website, uh, RadioRebellionPodcast.wordpress.com, where we have our own book reviews and links to the shows. And sometimes we put news also there, so check that out. And then live show, live shows every Saturday. Then you can also listen to them as an audio podcast on Mondays. Next week, we're taking the week off. It's Thanksgiving weekend, so Yay. go have fun with your family. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I have my brother-in-law is coming with his wife, so I didn't want to spend time doing the show. The week after that, we have our friend Jedi Geek Girl is going to be here. We're going to be talking about Legends and Expanded Universe books, which I don't know too much about. So it will be her show, giving her recommendations. A week after, we have our friend Connor Depa Banana, Banana, as you know them out there on Twitter. He'll be here. We're going to be talking about favorite Jedi. So let me just show my lightsaber one more time. Oh, it's really it's cool. I'm just going to have this to beat him over the head every time he brings Cal into a conversation. Uh, Cal Kessis, we're going to spend two hours talking about him. And then after that, December 20-something will be our last show of the year. will be our big recap, our favorite thing from Star Wars 2021, trying to figure out guests for that show. And then, then it's Christmas and New Year, so we'll take a little break. So I think we have three more live shows before we take a break. Mm -hmm. And that was a very big outro. Sorry about it. But again, thank you, Nor. Thank you, everyone thank in the you. chat. And as always, stay safe, be safe, and may the force be with you. Rebellions are built on hope.